Hello and welcome to Wake Up at Wood 40, uh, broadcast by Radio 4EB 98.1. You're listening, uh, it's 6am, uh, right about on the dot, and we're very awake, aren't we? With me in the studio today are... Quazy, hello everyone. And, and Nelly, good morning everyone. Oh, lovely, lovely. Um, I'd like to begin by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land on which we broadcast today and on which we have this lovely festival. They're the Jinnabara people, and they had a really, really lovely welcome to country yesterday as well. I urge you to check that out if that's possible. Uh, also, I would like to remind you that there is a fire ban going on in solidarity with uh, New South Wales and the bushfires going on there and um, around the rest of Australia. So no open flames and sadly no bonfire, but I think it is for a good cause. Lastly, uh, more thanks, more thanks, the Cook Islands and Italian groups for their time, because we wouldn't be able to broadcast if it weren't for their sacrifice. Right, um, I've got a bit of music. What you just heard before was Curie's Noises, a little intro song, but... I have Electric Fields coming up, and I heard they were amazing yesterday. They played at 10.30 last night, which was a bit late for me. Was it a bit late for you guys as well, or...? A little bit, yeah. I did want to get, like, a few hours of sleep before the first program. <laughs> Maybe tonight I'll be... I'll brave it, brave it and stay up a bit longer. Yeah, absolutely. Agreed. I'm thinking... Maybe because we're not rusted for the morning shift tomorrow, we may be able to get some great night content tonight. I'm hoping. And yeah. maybe a little bit of sleep after this. Or? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yes, definitely. I have been informed that some coffee is on the way, so that is amazing. But in the meantime, we'll listen to Electric Fields with their single, Vision. Woke up this morning to a whisper inside of the wind. 
That was Electric Fields with their single Vision. They were playing here yesterday night at 10.30 and I hope some of you caught them because they were apparently really, really good. Again, with me in the studio today are Kwesi and Nelly and my name is Julian. I forgot to mention that earlier. I'm part of the German group. Kwesi is part of the... African group now. And Nelly is? I'm part of the Finnish group at 4B. Isn't that amazing? Uh, with me in the studio as well is Marek. Hello, Marek. Hello, hello. He's just here to uh, supervise us and uh, maybe get us some coffees later. But <laughs> fingers crossed. Yeah, we've got a we've got a very very uh, multicultural and um, diverse team here today, uh, and just in general in the next coming uh, few days, we've got Monica as well and a couple of other people. Yeah, so you got Obi and Trevor. They're from the African group as well, which Love is it. newly formed. So that's great. And guys, I just wanted to ask you. So since we've had a day at the festival, just kind of wanted to get your opening opinions of what your expectation was of the festival and um, how have you found the festival so far? Right. So I have never been to Woodford before. I had heard of the name of the festival, but I, I actually had seen some posters, you know, around Brisbane. I thought, you know, that looks cool, but I didn't know the extent of it. I didn't know how huge it is. And then when I actually got the opportunity with 4EB, you know, to come come along, and I mentioned it to my Australian friends, they were like, wow, are you serious? You get to go to Woodford for the whole time. You are so lucky. <laughs> I have, I know so many people who go every year religiously. And I was like, okay, cool. This is, this is a big deal, right? Yeah. Yeah. They've almost got kind of like a cult-like following. Well, not cult-like, but, um, they've got such a strong following. Oh, yeah. Um, of people who go, yeah, as you said, religiously. And it's funny. I've never been to Woodford myself. And I don't think you have either. Do you no, have no, you? no. Right so, now it's a, it's a van full of rookies. Yeah. We're all fresh. Um, and, one thing that I really loved about the idea of the festival is that, from what I was told, it's very um, organized and controlled by the indigenous community, which I think is quite rare to get in Australia for a festival mm. of this um, magnitude. Does anyone know how many people are here? That's a really good question, actually. Um, I don't know. I know that there's 3,300 volunteers. Yes. So if there's that many volunteers, imagine the amount of attendees. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just having a bit of a look around the campsite, we're just at the prairies, but there are there's the tent city with God knows how many people in each one of those tents. Um, we've got all the other places as well. That I'm fairly sure it has to be a couple of tens of thousands. Yeah, at, yeah, le at least in daily attendance. That. At least in daily attendance. Absolutely. And yeah, so I just wanted to say, I think I was really attracted to the indigenous kind of organization mm. of this and then i think that really came out at the welcome um ceremony thought it was amazing the amount of indigenous performers um the acknowledgements of country and also the meaning behind what this festival means and it's been such an institution within woodford it itself mm. so that's fascinating um and julian yeah how are you finding it it's it's been lovely and you mentioned the opening ceremony just before we had a little snippet i'm not sure if it's going to make its way into our broadcast because we did record it quite late yesterday evening but just the the like you mentioned sort of like how genuine it was and how like from the heart the the request came to not have any fires either like you really see that like woodford is in solidarity with all the people of australia it doesn't matter where they're from it doesn't matter like why they're here and that's really really lovely mm -hmm. um so you have the the indigenous side of it you have sort of like the the more recent australian side and they all blend together and there's no clashing there's no like ill will there's no sort of like you know culture shock it's just always it's nice. It's really, really nice. It's yeah. been our second night here. Um, camping is another thing. Uh, we'll get to that later. But just the vibe of the festival in general is lovely. I Absolutely. I think from the welcome ce um, ceremony, 
um, I got this huge sense of just gratitude. Mm. Uh, so I think p- the organizers were very grateful. People in attendance were very grateful. You had elders speaking. Um, we had a remembrance of um, people who passed away this year, which I thought was a really beautiful sentiment. Um, on top of it, I was really in- impressed with the different kind of art forms that were on display. So you had kind of um, puppets, you had musical mm. performers, you had... Um, speech so um speeches and i just thought it all came together beautifully which i was really amazed with and then also how many people were in the crowd incredible yeah. amounts of turnouts yeah i mean it took an hour and a half to to just get everyone there or maybe like a little bit less than that but absolutely. just absolutely yeah it's insane yeah absolutely. yeah what i really loved actually is that in the opening ceremony everyone was thanking the people involved in the festival so for example you know like you said they they brought out the people who actually create the program and they took a moment to also thank the volunteers Mm -hmm. these are the sort of people that at most festivals you don't really think about you know you think about the artists or you think about what you're going to do but they were thanking all the people who were there i think for weeks building everything that we now get to enjoy here because it is a massive operation to build Woodfordia and build all the stalls and build all the venues. So yeah, I thought that was really lovely to highlight the volunteers um, and the crew. No, yeah, from the 28th to the 1st. <laughs> <laughs> that was Alex, our tech guy, coming in for a quick chat. Um, he'll be looking at our levels today. Uh, do send your thanks to Alex because without him, we wouldn't have this van. Honestly. Um, and speaking about the van, can we talk about the location of the van right now? Yes. We are on top of the hill next to the Woodfordia sign with quite a quite few a few people, people doing, doing yoga. yoga. Yeah. yeah. A massive following of yogas and yogis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so beautiful like sunrise as well. We actually have a view of the Glasshouse Mountains as well, so that's pretty cool. Mm. We're really spoiled at the moment, I think. It is a bit of a hike to the top, though. Like, we will all have very strong legs at the end of this week, I think. (laughs) But um, the views are worth it. Yeah. So, yesterday, um, not yesterday, sorry, last year, uh, apparently we were down at the festival. If you're looking for us there, uh, no, we're up at the Hilltop Camping uh, and Hilltop Parking. If you're heading that way, you can find us and say hello if you're here. That would be lovely. Otherwise, um, yeah, I hope you enjoy the broadcast. We've got a little bit of music, you reckon, guys? Yes, let's yeah. go. Um, we've got the East Pointers who played yesterday, 4.50, and they're playing pretty much every day until uh, the end of the festival, which is amazing. I don't know how a band can keep that up, but they're playing every day. Um, it's some a lovely folky, banjo-y sort of stuff, which I quite enjoy, so I'm really, really happy to bring you Fires. <laughs> still burn Raise you boys off the land 
yesterday and all week over at the Grande stage. Lovely little uh, banjo riff, lovely little bit of folk music. I quite like stuff like this, so uh, expect to hear a bit more of it, because if I run the show, I play my music. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> um, again, with me are Kwesi and Nelly from the African and Finnish groups, respectively. My name is Julian. You're listening to Wake Up at Woodfordia, 40B 98.1. We're currently on Global, I'm told, so if you're listening on Global, hello, and uh, soon you'll be able to listen on FM. What are you guys' festival plans? What did you do yesterday? Right. Yesterday, um, so I went at first to Sahara Beck, um, as did both of you. Mm. Uh, that was an amazing performance. Her voice is just unreal. Um, really loved it. I was actually new to her music, but I think I'll be listening to more of her stuff um, after this. Absolutely, and it's cool to know that Sahara Beck is a Brisbane slash Sunshine Coast local. Mm. Yeah. So that was kind of nice to have someone grown on our fields perform, mm. um, especially to start off the festivities. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, after that, I actually headed to Bluestown, and I can really recommend paying a visit to Bluestown. It doesn't have maybe the big headliner artist, but the vibe is really incredible. So... Basically, um, in Bluestown, you have the bar next to the, 
you know, stage, and then you have a hill at the back of it. So you can actually have people sitting up on the hill as well and people kind of drift in and out of the bar, like people dance in front of a stage. It was just a really fun place to be. Mm. That's lovely. And it's called, our van is actually up above kind of Blues Town area. So I heard them jamming yesterday and it was very cool to see, well, listen to. And I kind of wanted to ask everyone, do we understand or appreciate the magnitude of how huge this festival is like you were just <laughs> saying stages before and i was like mm, don't think i've been there yet I'm not right. sure if i can locate that on a map yeah yeah i did a little bit of a tour on uh, the first night that we arrived and yeah i was blown away by how huge it actually is like you can fully get lost uh, day and night at different places like so many lights so many stalls stuff constantly changes it's so interesting um, Absolutely. Like it's like a, a village. Yeah, it is. And are people like navigating around the main festival yet? I still don't know where I am or where I'm supposed to be. How are you finding it, Nelly? Yeah, I was a bit lost on the first day. When I first walked into the festival area, I didn't expect it to be so big or I didn't expect mm. there to be so many uh, different stalls and restaurants. And it's actually like Lion Street. So, yeah, it's it's taken me a while to start finding my way. But um with the different stages, I'm actually starting to figure it out because, you know, I'm, I've been going to different um, gigs and talks, mm. so I've had to, like, find these different stages and locations. So now I'm starting to kind of get the gist of it with that. Absolutely. Gain your bearings, I guess. Mm. Yeah. yeah. What talks did you go to, Nelly? I went to a talk on bisexuality, so it was a panel um, with um, three people. It was very interesting. It was in the greenhouse. I would absolutely recommend going there as well. Lovely, lovely. I went to one as well. It was about um, <clears throat> po like poetry and the performance aspect that goes into it, sort of mm. like keeping eye contact and um, not going too much body language, sort of like the do's and don'ts of actually performing poetry. Yeah. And it was really, really interesting because it was hands-on, but it was also um, directed enough that it didn't feel lost. And that was over at the small hall, um, which if you haven't been there, go and check it out. It's uh, it does it does live up to the name. It is a small hall, but it's really really cute, and um, it's right next to a lovely coffee and cinnamon roll shop. So nice. Oh, the yeah. cinnamon rolls. They have cinnamon rolls. Yes, we've got oh, donuts yeah. and cinnamon rolls. All your baked goods. That's oh, amazing. Wow. And by the way, I want to mention when I went to this talk, I actually talked to the organizer of it afterwards, mm. and I asked her like, how did how did you come up with this idea? And she said that she had been to Woodford last year, and she had been to a LGBTIQ plus panel, and she felt that. That, you know, this didn't have so much content about bisexuality. It wasn't really represented. So she just decided to organize her own talk. And she just contacted Woodford and said, can I organize this? And it just she just made it happen. So apparently you can do that. It shows how like engaged the people are here, right? Like you can go, like, go from a festival goer to a festival organizer within like a year. Like you can be, yeah. you can be part of the family if you want. Just sign up. You can be a volley. You can be whatever you want, and that's really, mm. really cool. It is very grassroots, and I mm. think um, someone I was speaking to yesterday, which there is an interview following. Um, so someone I was speaking to yesterday, he mentioned um, he moved basically a group of Indonesian dance troops um, to perform their first gig over overseas, and they, and he mentioned that the Woodford organizers are so like incredibly great uh, at listening to ideas, um, helping facilitate uh, things that need to happen so the show can come to life, which I think is quite a rare thing uh, to have from festivals. The fact that we can reach out to people, they li actively listen and they try and implement a program, mm. which I really commend them for. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that says something about just the atmosphere and the feel of it that people also 
feel like they want to be a part of it. People want to, you know, volunteer. People come here for many years to volunteer. People want to organize things. People want to come here and, you know, build the stages and be part of the performances and all that. So, yeah, it's a very, like, participant-active festival. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Did you guys get up to anything else yesterday after the talks and after a bit of music? I saw the circus, if oh. that's different from talks and music. That is definitely different. Yes. Um, I was quite frightened at times. <laughs> um, but no, I saw the circus, which I think is amazing. I think when I presu- like think of the creative industries and arts, I really predominantly focus on music and dance. Um, so it was actually great to see something outside of that space occur. But again, I can speak out about speak about it at more depth um, when the interview happens. Definitely. Mm. Lovely. What about you, Nelly? What else did I do? I had some food. I gotta yes. say, the food is great. There's so many options. That's another thing that I think makes this festival a bit different. It's not just, you know, a plate of chips from here or there. <laughs> like, you actually have so many things to choose from and it's really good quality food. So I had a pad thai, I had a burger later. I was supposed to just, you know, save money and eat noodles in the <laughs> campsite, but that just hasn't happened yet because there's too many good options. I've said it so many times, and I'll keep saying it. The prices are really, really solid. Honestly, you can get a burger and chips for fifteen dollars, and I don't know where you guys live, but for me, that's like tough. Getting a burger and chips for fifteen bucks—that's a bit low for certain places of Brisbane. So, look, I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining. Maybe my waistline is, but yeah, you know. <laughs> um, I uh, just to to get back to me and my festival plans. I saw Sahara Beck as well, and uh, more about that later because we've got a couple of her tunes and a bit of an interview coming up with her. And um, after that, at the uh, poetry uh, talk, I suppose it was a talk, it was a workshop and a talk. And um, then the opening ceremony, which we talked at length about, and hopefully we'll talk a little bit more about because it was really really good. It put like all of Woodford on display, and it was genuine. It was super popular, and um, Honestly, I I felt welcome, mm. and I think that was the aim of it, and they thoroughly succeeded. So I feel like listening to all of our different activities yesterday, there was quite a diversity of things that occurred. Oh, yeah. If mm. you went to um, bisexuality talk, I went to the circus, uh, and Julian, you went to poetry. That's yeah. just like all at the same time. How different, and there were so many things that we still missed which I think is really cool. Mm. There are like talks on sustainability, if you're into that sort of thing, sort of like learning how to live with less and learning how to make your things last. Like that is really, really important. Mm. And And there's there's workshops. And there's a lot of stalls selling like reusable things as well. I mean, yesterday I bought like a really lovely stainless steel bottle. Um, And yeah, there's tons of shops that do that. So if that's your sort of bag, then definitely get on that. A lot of music, a lot of talks. Yeah, Uh, to like circle back to like the expectations that we had beforehand. As I said, like I had seen the name Woodford Folk Festival. I figured mm. that's a folk music festival, but it's actually not just a music festival. There's so much more. Like it's really a comprehensive arts festival. There's like every artist represented here. Mm. Mm, I was told, I'm not sure how true it is, but I was told that Woodford is Woodford is actually the second largest folk festival after Glastonbury. It's Could huge. be. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Well, the largest in the Southern Hemisphere. I think that's more of oh, a yeah. safe, yeah. That's amazing. That's mm. amazing. And it's been going for wow, like a couple of decades, right? Like 30, 30, 30 years, years, I think. I think they said um, last night in the ceremony anyway, they mentioned that some people have been going for 30 years mm. or even five generations, I heard. So I guess mm. that's some uh, we, we guideline. Ch- we chatted to a lady who's been here for 25 years, right? Her partner was one of the performers here yesterday. 
Anyway, oh wow! We, so we were we were walking down the hill from the van yesterday morning, and um, yeah, we chatted to a lovely lady who uh, has been here for twenty five years. So that's testament to to how it draws you in. Yeah, that's amazing. Mm. It is a real community feel, so that's probably what you know brings people back year after year. Mm. Do you guys feel like a bit of music? Sure, sure. Mentioned her before. <laughs> Mentioned her before. Uh, Brisbane a bombshell, Sahara Beck. Uh, she's really, really lovely. She won the Carol Lloyd Award this year, and she played Woodford for the very first time. So it's been a massive, massive year for her. And she's playing uh, again today at the Grande stage at about ten fifty. So go and check her out if you haven't. Yesterday, she is totally worth it. Seriously, give her some love. Her new EP, Queen of Hearts, is out, and I'll be playing her song in just a second. But first, let's hear from her. My name's Sahara Beck. Thank you so much for coming out and watching me play my first Woodford.
I'm Sahara Beck and you're listening to 4EB 98.1. How's it feel? Feels, um, yeah, exciting. We've just been writing a lot of songs for like um, the next album that's going to come out next year as well. So, you know, hopefully we'll be done next year. So what's planned for the rest of this day? How long are you being here? Uh, well, we're going to be playing tomorrow at 11 o'clock, I believe, and then The Grand, which I'm so excited about. <laughs> and then um, we're just going to chill out and watch other people play music and camp. <laughs> so you mentioned that um, Woodford's been like a long dream of yours. Like, tell me a bit about that. Uh, well, my family always used to take me to Woodford since I was a little kid. And, yeah, I always just watched people perform and thought, like, oh, I wish I could do that. What's it like finally standing on a stage? Um, well, it's just awesome being on, like, the one of the stages that I used to always just admire so much. It's very, it's very cool. <laughs> How lovely is she, right? She's so genuine. Yeah. Yeah, on stage as well, she was, you know, talking back to the audience and just, you know, be very like genuine and just you know joking around and like being a little awkward but in like a really cute way mm. so yeah she was just lovely for anyone just tuning in that was Sahara Beck she played yesterday and she's playing today as well at 10.50 at the Grande check her out that was her new single Queen of Hearts on her Queen of Hearts EP mm. one thing I wanted to mention I think it's really nice how um, Woodford Festival really kind of highlights the people who used to visit them and continually visit them and then also when they're younger and then when they do become more um, esteemed or have a bit more success they definitely give them the stage um, mm. to perform at their own festival which I think is beautiful yeah it. like kind of just shout out to the people that help grow them yeah Zahara wrote her first song when she was 12 and it was like a dream of hers to play Woodford. She used to, like she said, she used to go here with her family and all of a sudden, you know, you go from that, that little girl who enjoyed the stage to actually taking on the stage and not just doing it once, but doing it twice mm. in one year for the first time. Like that's testament to sort of like the longevity of Woodford and also like the, the community, how accepting they are. Yeah, that's really awesome. Just uh, again, a little reminder, we are now on FM. You can listen to us on 98.1. You can listen to us on Global and uh, on our website, On Demand. And also, I was told, get the iHeartRadio app. That's probably the easiest way to listen to 4EB. Tune in via the iHeartRadio app or our website or all the other ways. 98.1. Wake up, Edward Fordia. Are you guys awake? We finally got some coffee. Yeah, I had my first sip of coffee. I feel much more awake now. <laughs> what about you, Quasi? I feel good. Um, I will be napping after this, yes. but um, definitely feel good. Kind of wanted to get into uh, how are we guys settling into camping at Woodford? Oh, yes. That's the interesting part. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've all had some um, <laughs> some little challenges with our um, setting up camp, mm -hmm. but uh, overall it's been good. Um, I personally um, have a, quite a small tent, but I still, you know, we're very like cozy in our media corner of the volunteers camping. Um, so I'm kind of wedged between a car and someone else's tent, but it's, it's all good. It's all good. Um, it's been raining, but so far my tent's held up. So that's also positive. What about you, Quasi? Yeah, I'm struggling. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not used to camping. I think that's fair to say. So mm. it's not an insult to Woodford. Um, it's more, I'm a bit of a princess, I think. No. Um, so I definitely think I've had some moments with my tiny tent, but I'm working through it. 
Um, it's been really interesting as well. Sleeping, something I haven't had for like over a decade is sleeping in the rain of a tent. There's something quite soothing and beautiful about it. Mm. And um, we are lucky that we're perched up high. But as you say, it's a bit of a, a busy mix of people. So it's quite interesting that they allow the cars in the campground to be parked in the campground? Yeah, it's quite common in Australia. Um, I've camped quite a bit here and a lot of people because they have like a hybrid, you know, they have like a camper van or they have a, you know, car where they put the tent on top. So that's why I think in Australia it's um, quite standard um, really? to I have cars in campsites. I have a festival though. Hmm. Hmm. I think here because people come for like a whole week and they want to have power and all that stuff. So that's um, probably why. And um, I usually love the sound of the rain, by the way. But funnily enough, the end of my tent is right underneath someone else's, um, I don't know what you call it. It's like this sort of cover. You right. know, like that the they dome? Can, the dome. Yeah. So water keeps dripping right onto my tent in a very loud way oh. of that thing. So it's um, it's not that soothing rain sound that you want, but um, <laughs> I've been able to sleep anyway. So You also told me a horror story yesterday about how one of your past tents flooded at one point, and that'll probably keep you awake as well, right? Yeah. So I was, I was slightly worried about the rain because, yeah, this was about two years ago. I did go on a camping trip, and it rained so much overnight, and my, um, okay, that tent just was not good it was um, <laughs> a very cheap tent um, and it just wasn't properly waterproof and water started coming in and I had to sleep in my car for the night no, <laughs> that was horrible awful. and the next day I went and I bought my current tent which was actually a hundred dollar pop-up tent and it's been a very good um, camping friend for me fair fair I don't normally go camping very much myself um, last time I camped was when I was like way younger um, and I just camped in my backyard because yeah, you know, why not? So uh, setting up a tent, buying a tent, buying a sleeping bag, all the stuff and setting it up was, um, let's call it an adventure because, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you know, it has its ups and downs. But, um, you know, my tent hasn't flooded yet, so that's really good. And um, we've got some lovely people with us. We've got really, really lovely media community. Some of the Woodford people who are going to be here for photos and videos um, are sort of chilling with us. Yeah, and again... You mentioned earlier about how there's over 3,000 volunteers mm. and you definitely can, you see that reflected in the camping grounds, which I think is amazing. So the fact that there's so, we're in the volunteer spots um, and there's so many people, other volunteers camping there too. Mm. Um, also, I really do like Wood, how Woodford is palatable to everyone so it can be very much an immersive experience where you can stay there for seven days or alternatively you can come in and out as you please yes which i think is a really cool feature i mean we've got we've got shower blocks we've got toilets we've got lovely little coffee car we've got mm. some food up there technically you could just stay at the campsite like for seven days if you only wanted to eat chips and drink coffee but you know you could do that absolutely <laughs> you could um, it is quite incredible how they've organized it, actually. I also find it really interesting that at Woodford, um, all their water is from the site. It's right. one, it's treated on site and they still manage to, you know, have a, have, you know, running water and showers and toilets for so many, you know, thousands of people. I think that's really cool. So it's, it's quite a unique thing, you know, at Woodford that we are on a block of land that is, you know, pretty self-sufficient in terms of that. Absolutely. Like the logistics of it is fantastic. And then also, I think it's quite rare for any festival. Um, Woodford really excels at engaging people of all ages. Uh. 
and like all groups. So um, I think that is phenomenal. So I've seen children be really thoroughly entertained throughout the day on top of it, adults. And then it goes late into the night. I've never actually been to a place that you have the first kind of activity at 6 a.m. and then goes through to 2 a.m., like rostered programs. Exactly. Which I think is phenomenal. Yeah, it means that, you know, you can wake up at 2 in the afternoon and you'll still have plenty of festival to go to. Yeah, you'll have a full day after that. Mm. But yeah, they really cater to families. There is actually the children's festival here at Woodford as well. So they have their own program and, you know, obviously can participate in all the other stuff as well. And you actually see a lot of um, parents, you know, walking around. They have these little carts Mm. where they are wheeling their kids around and, you know, so they don't get too tired and it looks like they're all having a really great time. Monica, you and I, Nelly, had a bit of a chat yesterday about sort of getting kids involved, right? And yeah. it seems to really catch on. You know, kids love the sustainability workshops. Kids love sort of, you know, really getting stuck into the, the festival spirit. It's so uplifting knowing that, you know, kids are welcome here. Yeah, absolutely. And another credit as well, um, from what I've read and um, people I've spoken to, I think they're really good at... Um, People like um, catering to people with disabilities too, mm. which I think would be a massive barrier um, at festivals. So I think they really try and be all inclusive, which again, I'm completely loving. Mm. Yeah. Might I remind everyone, by the way, that Woodford, well, they're aiming anyway to be a zero waste festival. So all the crockery, all the little uh, coffee cups that we have here with us, um, by the way, we have coffee, yes. Uh, All the coffee cups, they're all compostable. So um, chuck all your crockery and uh, stuff like that in the green bins and recycling in the yellow bins. Let's try and keep Woodford clean. Let's try and keep it good for everyone and for the generations to come because we came here and it was bloody clean and I want to leave and leave it in just that way. Yeah, definitely. And the generations, they just keep coming. We are seeing like the next generation already here of, you know, dedicated Woodford goers. Like I said, they're loving it. Some of the kids you see, they're having a great time. Definitely. Yeah. How's the weather been for you? Do you is it too cold? Is it too warm? What do you feel? Because I'm not really used to Australian summers myself. And this is a bit of a change. We're kind of high up, so it's not terrible. But how how do you guys feel about it? I feel like I've been hit with all four seasons um, in one day, to be honest. Like, I think um, we can go from quite extreme heat to quite kind of cold, colder nights, not blithering cold, but colder nights. And then it is raining on and off throughout the day. So you'll be in advance and you put out the umbrella, events still continuing, you put down the umbrella continuing at events, put it up again. Um, So that's um, an interesting experience on trying to be really adaptable really quickly. Uh, Yeah, that's my personal opinion of it. Mm. Yeah, I find it pretty good. I wasn't sure what to pack. I think um, a couple of days before I was leaving, I talked to someone about coming here and and they were like, oh yeah, Woodford, that's known for the mud. Like, do you have wellies? And I was like, no, it's summer. What do you mean? And um, yeah, so... Now we've got here, It's there's been showers, but it's not too muddy, to be honest. So I feel like we've been quite lucky so far. Fingers crossed now that I say this. <laughs> um, but basically, yeah, we've had showers, but then usually you can just wait it out and, you know, then, you know, walk to the campsite or whatever. Mm-hmm. And at night, I was worried it was going to be too hot to sleep in a tent. But actually, because we are a little bit higher up, the nights are actually quite nice and cool, which I think is better because you can sleep easier. Crazy's got her wellies, doesn't she? Oh, I search long and hard for wellies in summertime. <laughs> um, so I find that Wellington boots, like I grew up in the UK, Wellington boots are quite accessible wherever you go. Everywhere. In Australia. Every season. Yeah, in Australia, it's not so much. And like 
I mean, I kind of felt like I was going to Bunnings and it would be very industrialized boots, like I was going to go into the sewage, which I didn't want. Um, so I spent quite, I'd say a week actually searching for Wellington boots, wow. which is quite... Yeah, but I I think they've actually come into handy in handy for me at the campsite. So I think at the festival it's not too bad of a muddy situation because mm. there's a lot of gravel, and I do think they try and minimise that. Um, in the campsites, if it has been raining quite substantially that night, I kind of feel the Wellington boots come into handy, going to the showers and stuff like that. It certainly beats rocking up in thongs, which is what I've been doing. And yeah. uh, by the time you get there, your feet are already dirty again because it's all the mud. It's, yeah. Oh well, let's do let's do a quick look at the weather. Actually, on a note of that, it's currently a crisp twenty degrees, which I have to say for summer is amazing. I wish it would be like that all day, every day, because that's European weather, and I'm used to that. Um, supposed to be top of twenty seven today. A little bit of showers uh, throughout the night, but not too bad. So I think today we can actually leave the umbrellas in the camp. Um, going to rain a little bit tomorrow and a little bit on uh, Monday and Tuesday. So, fingers crossed we won't drown, but it should be fine. You know, Woodford, Mudford, it's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pack your poncho just in case, I guess. True, true. Do you have a poncho, Nelly? I do have a Mac, you know, like a raincoat, but I haven't actually even used it yet because, I don't know, like most of the day it's warm and sunny, so it's it's felt like, you know, too much effort to carry it around, so I just figured, you know, I'll, I'll you know, just test my luck, see how I go, and so far I've been good for, I would say, um, 99% of the time. A couple of times I've had to take shelter in a bar somewhere, you know, before I can walk to my next destination, but um, yeah, so far I haven't really needed it. More important than ponchos, I reckon, are just hats. Like, yeah. they double as sun hats, they double as um, as a bit of shelter from the rain. They also cover your dirty hair, <laughs> if, if you don't want to wash it in a cold shower. <laughs> no, hats are essential. Hats and, and sunglasses, I've found. Sunscreen as well. Um, it does get really, really sunny. That's something yeah. we forget. It rains, but it's also really sunny, and you don't want to be sunburned. You don't want to be Alex from last year, who had to go to the first aid tent and get sunscreen rubbed on him. So. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've all been warned this year, so yes. you know, to, know yes. to be careful. If you're here as well, please, please, please do get sunscreen. If you don't have any, go buy some at the general store. Check out the general store. They're really, really good. They have all the stuff you need. And um, yeah, be prepared. You don't I, want to be like Alex. I kind of feel, Julian, you and the general sto- um, store is a love story. Wait. I was amazed. <laughs> I was amazed by how good they were. They have towels. They have like flashlights. They have all the medicine you need. If you've got a headache, you, you can buy Panadol. Like, I, I don't know who set that up, but they've got it all, honestly. Check it out if you haven't. Yeah, it's great. And they've actually got, you know, food and they've got fresh fruit and vegetables that mm. are not even that expensive if you, you know, don't want to be eating pizza and donuts and whatnot for the whole um, festival. <laughs> right. Um, let's have a look. Quasi, you had an interview yesterday. Actually, you had two interviews yesterday. Tell me about both of them and then I'll tell you which one I've got lined up here. Oh. I was a busy bee. Um, so I think the one that we've got queued up next is the Kalimantan group. That's right. So that is a Indonesian group that it's an international spiritual dance group. And basically they do a lot of um, dance and kind of use the art form of dance to kind of raise social, uh, social and political awareness about really current issues in the country okay so the performance yesterday um was really centered around um the burning down of the rainforest and the protection of orangutans which is beautiful and there was just such a 
it's really hard to describe on radio. I'm sure we've all been there before. But um, the artistry is just incredible. So it was not just the music. It was also kind of the clothing, like the costumes they wore, the choreography, everything super beautiful. And I was basically lucky to speak to David. And so David is from WA. Mm-hmm. And he's been living in Indonesia for quite some time. And he saw this group and he thought um, basically that this artistry needs to be advocated more globally. Um, so he organized for them to come to Woodford. And yeah, so I've got the music and the yeah interview ready to go. Was it their first time here? It was their first time ever here. And a lot of them first time overseas. Let's give a warm Woodfordian welcome to Kalimantan and Kwesi's interview. We're here with David from the Kalimantan Group. So we're here in Woodford. And David, could you just tell us a little bit more about how you got in touch with the Kalimantan Group and the process of coming to Woodford? Yeah, yeah. Well, th- thanks very much. Well, I, I, um, I guess I, th- this dance group, the Spirit of the Hornbills, are from Palankarai, which is in central Kalimantan, which is the Indonesian part of the island of Borneo. And they started, the da- Dance Academy started about seven years ago. And I... I saw them first dance um, at an event up in Palankaraya around about that time and then I sort of started to work with them and we kind of dreamed one day about performing overseas and, and talk, talked for many years about coming to Australia and then the opportunity came up to, to join Woodford uh, earlier this year so, um, and it was the group was supported by the local government which was great. So anyway, so that dream became a reality and, um, and here we are, yeah. 
and these guys have never been outside Indonesia before, so they're very, very excited. Fabulous. And David, in terms of the performance at Woodford, what do you think the value is of having these different ethnicities show, showcase their art to the world and to a wider audience? Yeah, I think it's very, very important. In fact, you know, just today seeing the, 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 reaction, the reaction from the crowd was so enthusiastic and many of these people would never have seen Dayak people dance before or probably didn't know much about Borneo or anything. So I think one, it sort of raises awareness of the reality of what's going on up there and so our kind of message is not just about music and dance but it's about preserving the forests and Borneo is like the the Amazon of Asia you could say it's the oldest rainforest on the planet so we try and raise awareness uh, through music and dance so people want to know a bit more find out about ways that they can help to try and stop the destruction of the forests from palm oil and various other things like that so we like to use art as not only uh, entertainment I guess as such but also more meaningful and ways to support diet culture and, and cultural preservation as well. That's a very important part of, of what we do and why I'm involved, really. And so in terms of environmental causes, as you're speaking, the group represent more than just arts and arts. They are trying to uh, raise awareness about social issues and sometimes political issues. Do you think audiences are more receptive to social causes when it's in a different art form rather than getting on a speech box? and ranting about an issue? Look, I think it's a combination of things and I think you've got to start with awareness. For example, some people, maybe kids, will come to this and see this performance and go, wow, that's amazing, and then have a greater interest to learn more. And of course, it's easy these days. You go on Google and everything else and there's so much information and from there, get an understanding of what's happening to the orangutans, for example. That's where these guys live. There's a lot of orangutans living in the forest up there. They're endangered species. And, of course, what's happened to the, to the forest, they had terrible fires this year. There was more carbon released from those fires than the fires in the Amazon in Brazil, for example. So, yeah, so we really hope that it, it will, you know, spark an interest to want to know more. And then from there, start putting more pressure on to try and, you know, protect the forest and things like that. And do you think it was an easy or hard cause to get mobilising a whole dance troupe to come to Woodford in oh. Australia? <laughs> it's definitely not easy, but I've got to say Woodford are very, very organised and they make life a lot, a lot easier because, they, you know, they've obviously done this for a long time. They're very experienced at it. Um, yeah, they were great. They helped with the visas because sometimes that can be a big hassle, you know, but... So that was great. They helped with getting the visas for the guys, you know. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's been pretty smooth, really. But, of course, moving 10 people around with all the gear and all that kind of stuff is not easy. So. But, anyway, it's been, look, it's been pretty smooth, you know, so far. And we're so excited to be here. And we've got, you know, some, um, some dance, a couple of dance schools coming up. We've got some talks. We're showing a documentary film called Long San that I produced about taking Dayak people back to their original home in the forest. That's on in a couple of nights' time. So... So, and that was one thing I discussed about with the organisers of Woodford, is how can we bring, you know, Borneo, the cultures, the, the, the imperative of, of preserving the forest to Woodford. So they were very open about that. And so we're going to raise some money from Woodford as well. And that money's going to go to planting trees in Kalimantan. There's a big um, a reforestation program going on up there. So we're going to support that. And I don't know how much money we'll raise, but that will all go 100% to planting trees and restoring the environment, you know. Yeah, so it's all, it's all good. It's all kind of, you know, focused on that, that cause of preserving the culture and the environment. And for Australians nationwide, how do you think that they can support
sports, cultural preservation, and the arts scene further? Well, I just think, uh, like, well, one thing I work on up in, in Bali in Indonesia is, is indigenous film festivals and indigenous um, gatherings, so bringing indigenous people together. And I just think if people come along and support those things, I think that's something that's gathering around the planet right now. There's a lot more indigenous people coming together because, you know, I certainly believe that they're, they're the real guardians of the forest. They're the ones that have lived in, with nature for thousands of years, hundreds of thousands of years, and know and have so much to teach us. So we need to start listening, you know. The, the, the indigenous people are very, very wise in all my travels and all the places I go. So it's really important to bring them together and it's really important for people to... To, to, to want to and, and to try and understand more and try and learn more from the indigenous people when it comes to environmental preservation and I mean their cultures are so incredible you saw that today you know not just the dancing but the, the uniforms and this what I'm wearing you know is made from the bark of the tree so all, all the costumes are made themselves from the environment and stuff like that so yeah so many beautiful things about what indigenous people have to offer I think in, in this country and you know, many other places, and at this event, there's the Maori group and there's Aboriginal groups, of course, so the Dayaks and a few others from Vanuatu and other places. So I think it's so important to bring them together. And one thing I think is, is great that we look to do is to collaborate between the indigenous cultures as well. So over the next few days, I hope we can get the Dayaks and the Aboriginal group together and they can start to jam and play their traditional instruments, like, like the Sape they played today and the Kachape. How that would mix with the didgeridoo and with the clap sticks and that, I think they could make something really amazing out of that. And, you know, this has probably never been done before, right? But here we have this opportunity nowadays with technology and, and these events and so forth. So, yeah, it's, it's a wonderful opportunity to do this. Absolutely. And it just sounds like it's the start for you and the group. And just want to say thank you so much for performing today and introducing Australia to the world. Great. Thank yeah, thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you so much, Quasi, for that. That was really, really interesting. Yeah, I really enjoyed um, what he had to say there. I think it was very insightful. And also, being an Australian himself, um, I think he really ties in together the importance of Indigenous culture and the like preservation that we should all be making. Um, just as he says, like it's a new frontier. Um, they are far more knowledgeable about the land and what's best for the environment and the land. And so to link up and do connected arts culture, like arts um, things, um, as he mentioned earlier, he's hoping to do uh, like indigenous, um, well, Indonesian uh, mixed with um, Indigenous Australian collaborative project, which mm. I think would be really beautiful and kind of the first of its kind. Yeah, so really excited to see where he goes further and, yeah, how we're connecting more with the world. Amazing. You're listening to Wake Up at Wood 40. Uh, it's a 40B 98.1. It is currently 6.57, 6.58 right now, actually. Um, the views are lovely. The sun is out. A little bit of a breeze going here on top of the hill at Woodford. And um, I, I have to say, I'm loving it. I'm awake, finally. Uh, coffee surging through my veins. And I'm just enjoying this view. I, I have to say, this is a good job. Yeah. I'm, glad, I'm glad I took this on. Yeah, waking up, you know, very early in the morning in a tent, it's it doesn't feel appealing. But then when you actually get up and you see the sunrise, you get a cup of coffee, it's actually pretty great. Mm, mm. I can see why people do breakfast shows now. I mean, yeah. I say that. I've been doing a breakfast show for like two and a half years. What am I on about? <laughs> oh, well, 
With me in the studio, again, Kwesi from the African group and Nelly from the Finnish group. And my name's Julian. I'm from the German group. I hope you guys enjoy. Listen to us on the iHeartRadio app and 4EB 98.1. We're global uh, as well. Yeah. Well, sorry, Julian. As you introduced um, the different groups that we're part of, um, as we all know that um, 4EB is an ethnic radio station, but can we also appreciate it how ethnically diverse uh, Woodford festival is 100% in stores in content in speakers and presenters like really like musician artists really loving it across the board I saw a African drumming store and they were it was 11 p.m. they're just jamming out oh I saw them and I yeah I think I kind of fell in love Um, (laughs) may meet my future husband there we don't know (laughs) I had a I had a really interesting story yesterday. Um, just as I take a sip from my bottle of water, which I bought at one of the stalls, the guys running that stall they had a very very American accent, like sounded really Californian. And I went up to them. I just asked them, "Hey, you know, where are you guys from?" Just trying to strike a conversation. And the guy looks at me and he says, "I'm from I'm from Melbourne." And so it's it's I don't I don't know why, but he has this really American. And again, Australia is multicultural. You know, you, yeah. you you don't know where people are from, and everyone has a story. So it's it's. So cool. Yeah, and it's amazing how I think we're quite lucky in Brisbane that it's only an hour away for us to come up to Woodford. Yes. But, like, people travel far and wide to go to Woodford. I was impressed. Like, you have people from WA, all across Australia, really, mm. um, who are loyal attendees. Um, and, yeah, it just shows the magnitude of how important this festival is. Yeah, and um, actually, this year also, I believe it's the year of Scottish culture. So yes. we have a few Scottish acts at the festival who have definitely come a very long way. I don't know if you could come, you know, further than that um, uh, to Australia. So, yeah, we have a few Scottish acts coming up. And as well, like, you know, Quasi, you talked about the um, Indigenous representation here. So we have also Indigenous people from around the world. I believe there's uh, people from Canada and, yes, Indonesia and a bunch of different countries. So it's not just different nations are represented, but it's also different indigenous people. So, mm. yeah, it's again. I'm I'm just blown away, sort of like by everyone coming together. It's mm. it's such a nice cause, and it's honestly, if you haven't been here before, I don't know why I haven't been here earlier. I'm I regret not coming here earlier. Yeah, I've never actually been at like Woodford Festival. I've never really been to a festival that highlights div- diversity within Australia and also outside globally. Mm. Um, and I think they do it so beautifully and so seamlessly. That absolutely astounded, really. Mm. You mentioned the uh, the Scottish music a bit before. You spent some time in Scotland, didn't you, Nelly? Yeah, I studied in Scotland, actually. So I lived there for three years. So I will definitely be chasing down some of the Scottish acts because just, you know, living three years in Edinburgh, you just hear bagpipes all the time. <laughs> like, it sounds like, you know, a stereotype, but actually because there's so many um, buskers in Edinburgh. So when you walk the streets of the old town, you know, you're walking on the cobblestones, you see the ancient buildings and you just hear bagpipes and you're like wow i'm in scotland i remember um last time i was there there was there was a busker at the um sir walter scott memorial um just absolutely ripping into the bagpipes and it was yeah. it was great it was it's it's like the quintessential scottish sort of like welcome you, you turn up at the bus station and she's the guy you know with the yeah. bagpipes it was uh, it was a great time i have a bit of a soft spot i would say for that 
you know, Celtic music, so mm. Irish, Scottish. At my uni, we often would do, um, it's traditional in Scotland to have a Kaylee. So that's a traditional Scottish dance. So we would do that at, you know, our uni balls, um, whatever, you know, official location. So that's when you have a small band. So you have, you know, fiddle, you know, maybe a drum mm. and you have sort of an MC who will be teaching everyone the steps. And then you do these, you know, massive group dances and it's just very like, high energy and like you know very sort of fun everyone really gets into it and i absolutely love it because i feel like out of the european peoples we tend to be a bit more constrained in the you know dance department but i would say the scottish and the irish they just go for it like they have a very strong <laughs> culture of dance and music i love it amazing on topic of that what are you guys chasing up today just mm. in general i want to see some circus so, yeah, Quasi's checked out the circus venues. Um, there's a group called Yuck Circus. Mm. I think they're around 4 p.m. Um, at Circadia. I need to maybe double check I'll which one look, of the circus venues it is. Um, but they're from um, WA. Uh, they're a circus group that's kind of, according to the program, they're sort of um, redefining femininity and sort of, you know, the circus as an art. So that will be really interesting. That's something I'm looking forward to today. Amazing. What about you, Quizzy? I am chasing down Archie Roach today. Oh, yes. Um, don't know if he knows it yet, uh, but he will If be you're crossing. listening, Archie. Yeah. This is the warning. Um, I will find you and we'll have a discussion, I hope to anyway. Um, such an incredible guy and amazing history. Uh, I think he's just got such a um, magnitude to talk about. Um, so I really want to speak to him. On top of it, I want to try and listen to some Lior... Um, actually, I feel like I'm going to be all over the place. I'm going to go late into the night. So that's my plan today. Like, yes. I think, wow, wow. I think whenever I've gone back to the camp early, people are still awake and kicking, and I haven't slept. So now I'm <laughs> going to be the other half and come in late. And yeah, so I'm excited. Yeah, like we said, we're not on the early morning shift tomorrow, so we can all go and enjoy some late night music tonight. I think there's quite a few actually interesting uh, bands and shows later on tonight. So. So the plan is go and have a bit of a snooze now and then uh, go for stuff later on? 100%. Wow, wow. I'm going to be chasing up uh, some stuff as well. Uh, Sahara Beck again, she's playing today. and um, just You're a out, big fan. Just out of solidarity, yeah. I've, Love I've, Sahara. I've talked, I've talked to her in the past when um, she worked on a collaboration album in 2017. Uh, that's how I first butted heads with her. And uh, even back then I knew that, yeah, she was, she's really up and coming. She's playing again today. I might stop by. Um, I've got a couple other things as well. Suicide Country Hour are going to be playing at uh, 12 p.m. at the Small Hall. Mentioned the small hall before. Go check it out. Uh, the Poets Breakfast at 8 a.m. That's going to be uh, a thing I'm going to right after this uh, over at Blues Town. It's a little bit of an open mic sort of thing. Uh, bring your own and uh, listen to some other people. Recite or read some of their poems and some of the Bush Poets stuff. Um, I heard a lot of um, the good old Banjo Patterson yesterday. So a lot of people getting into the art of reciting poems, um, which very, very cool. Uh, afterwards, a couple of workshops. I've got Wordworks and a Being the Future, um, both of those um, sort of on yeah the, the topic of in, uh, Indigenous Australia, um, which should be worth checking out. And then as well, Archie Roach, 350 Grande. I um, think it's something that we cannot miss. Um, he's here for this show, and then he's also going to have a bit of a chat at the Talking Circle, I think, tomorrow? That's correct, yeah. Yes. Um, and then, yeah, late into the night, Kirill Barich, uh, Trichotomy, they're going to be playing later on, uh, going from like 9.30, 10.30. It's going to be a long, long night, but I think it's going to be very rewarding. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to today, and I'm just going to confirm the Yuck Circus is at Cirque, so not Circadia, at Cirque at 4.45pm today. Amazing, amazing. A little bit of music, guys? 
I think so. I think it's earned. I've got Harry James Angus. He's known for his work with the Cat Empire, um, but he also does a bit of solo stuff, a bit of a trumpeteer, a bit of a singer. And here he is with his single, Kill the Priest. He's also playing today. Go check him out. 210. <laughs>
that was Harry James Angus with Kill the Priest. He'll be playing today at uh, 2.10 at the Grande and tomorrow as well. So go check him out. That was a really funky song. I quite enjoyed that. You're listening, by the way, to Wake Up At Wood 40 here at 4EB 98.1. How are you guys feeling? Good, good. Pretty good. Yeah. More and more awake by the minute. <laughs> and the coffee. Coffee's finally working. The more working. coffee sips I get in me, yeah. Absolutely. And it's so great to hear all the different artists that we yes. play today. I'm kind of sad I've missed some of them. But yeah, really great to see the talent here. It is really exciting because a lot of us yesterday, we, you know, split ways. We all went to, you know, chase different artists for interviews, for different content. And then we come back and it's, you know... Hearing about all the stuff that you guys have seen and experienced, obviously you can't see everything. You always miss out on so much at these festivals, but it's just so exciting to hear about what you guys have been up to as well. Mm, mm. Yeah, you you uh, were busy yesterday as well. We're going to touch on that a little bit, but explain. What, what were you up to? What was I doing? So, um, yeah, <laughs> I went to see um, Karen Lee Andrews. Yes. Um, she is an Australian singer with um, some Polynesian background. Uh, her mother is Polynesian, and um, she's from Coonawarra, New South Wales, and um, she sort of grew up uh, with this um, combination of, you know, Polynesian music and church music and also Motown. So she's, yeah, she's developed a very unique um, style of music. That's actually the um, performance I saw at Bluestown. At Bluestown? Right. Yeah. Yeah, it was really great. And I got to chat to her, so that was fun. That's really, really cool. We'll listen to that in a little bit, but um, just in general, sort of uh, back to back to our festival plans today. Is there anything we forgot just before? Actually, um, yes. Last night, Julian, when we were um, heading back and we were getting some food, we stopped by the um, Circadia venue, I believe, yes. or was it Cirque? I always get those two confused. I think it was Cirque. I think it was Cirque. Okay, don't so put we, me on the spot, but it might have been sick. <laughs> we heard this music and this like cheering crowd, and we went to have a look, and it was the Club Briefs performance. Yes, uh, which is on actually Friday to Tuesday at eight forty-five at the Cirque. So we saw a bit of that, and we were just too hungry to stay that night. But I, <laughs> I will be going back because it looked like it's going to be an amazing show. Eight forty-five to ten every single night, and those guys till Tuesday, yeah. And those guys put on a show. I, I swear, I don't know how they're going to do it, but it takes so much energy, and um, their their calves are going to be absolutely killing them. I. I <laughs> One second, we're just doing a little bit of uh, reorganizing here, but so for those who are not familiar, so um. Club Briefs, it's a bit of like a drag and like dance and lip sync type of an act. So it's like cabaret um, type of a thing. Yes. I saw I saw someone in very, very high heels doing a running up splits off the stage yeah. onto the floor, which um, I can't like do that. Drop. So respect, massive respect. Yeah. And just, yeah, the vibes were amazing. Super loud music. and It's and, a party. Just, yeah. you know, watching it is a party. It was. It was amazing. Um, if if I didn't have stuff on tonight, I would definitely go check it out. But, but it's there's, on the there's list. more chances because it's going till Tuesday. So Amazing. Amazing. Do you want to hop into your song and uh, your interview? Yes, let's go. So, again, Karen Lee Andrews, and she is from Indonesia? She is from Australia, so Kunawara, New South Wales, uh, with um, Polynesian uh, background. There we go, Polynesian background. Carolyn Andrews with Human, and then afterwards her interview with Nelly.
2019. How did you feel about that, Karen? Oh, it's incredible. It's, it's so awesome to be here, and it's my first time here, and um, it's such a prestigious festival. So I'm, yeah, I'm privileged and very honoured to be here. There was quite a big crowd on the dance floor towards the end of your concert. Does that happen often at your concerts? Um, it depends. Uh, usually at festivals, yeah, people get up and dance, uh, dance a bit, you know. But more, probably more at my shows, it's more seated. 
food and, and things like that. So it just depends on, on the environment where I'm at. Karen, you have this very distinct, very low voice. Did you always know you wanted to be a singer? I always knew that I, I loved music and that I wanted to sing and it was sort of not a conscious thing. It was just, it was there and um, I grew up in church so I was just singing all the time. So your childhood home was quite musical, so what kind of influences were you surrounded by? So growing up, uh, I, I grew up with a Polynesian mother, so I had a very big family who are very uh, musically talented themselves, so they taught me a lot uh, growing up and inspired me quite a bit, and uh, it wasn't until I was in my adult years that I started listening to Aretha Franklin, uh, Marvin Gaye, um, Stevie Wonder and B.B. Um, King and all the sort of soul and blues uh, legends. So yeah, it wasn't until later on in life that I sort of discovered, you know, blues and soul pocket. You have described your music as oceanic blues. How would you describe that style? Well, basically, and I'm, I'm an Aussie but I've been influenced by so many different um, areas in the world. So um, my mother being Polynesian, I'm definitely influenced by, by that. Um, but also where blues originated from, which is America, um, I'm heavily, heavily influenced by their musicianship and their um, musical intellect and um, just their uh, expression. But I'm an Aussie, so I'm on the other side of the world. And, and so this is just my contribution to what blues music is. You used to go by the name Miss Murphy before, so has your music style changed as you have evolved as an artist? Um, I think evolved is the key word. Um, I just sort of, I didn't really find my right pocket where I sort of sat naturally um, and comfortably as well. And I perhaps started doing a lot of things that I thought were expected of me. And so I sort of fumbled my way through um, that time of, of being Miss Murphy, which is more soul orientated. But the whole brand change of changing my name back to my original name, which is Karen Lee Andrews, and really owning um, Oceanic Blues and what that really signifies to me is probably where I've evolved to, and everyone does. All musicians evolve and they either get better or they try a different style or different genre. So I've just sort of grown into, um, into where I am now. So how did you come to find that style that you now define as Oceanic Blues? What happened in your life? Um, I sort of just cut everybody out. <laughs> Um, I just made sure that I, I had, you know, a couple of people in my corner that I trusted and that I listened to and um, who really sort of understood me and what I wanted to do. And yeah, if it wasn't for those people helping me, I, I wouldn't be confident enough to, to give the freedom I have um, with my expression in music. And what's next for you, Karen? What's next for me is so I've got a big year coming up. Um, so I've just finished this year. This is our last festival and our last show for uh, the year. And we did our, a tour the whole year. So um, this is our last one. And then we have some more shows coming up um, in January and February and then a little bit of a break. But yeah, it's 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 looking busy this year, which is um, incredible for me. Perfect. It was great seeing you here at Woodford. Karen, thank you so much. Thank you very much for having me. Karen Lee Andrews and Nelly. Let's have a bit of a talk about that, hey? Yeah. Um, I can honestly recommend going to see one of her shows. Um, so she's going to have more, actually. She's going to be performing at the Blues Down uh, stage again tonight at 6.30 p.m. So I went to a daytime show yesterday, and it was a party. So I can tell <laughs> you, like, the 6.31 is probably going to be amazing. So definitely put that on your radar uh, for the 
rest of your festival plans. And there's also going to be a Sunday show at 10.30 a.m. and 8 p.m. And then also on Monday at 4.30. So all her performances are at the Blues, um, Blues Town stage. Um, also, she makes her own music. So the song we just played before, that was a live recording um, cover of Human. But she does make her own music as well, right. which is in her, you know, signature Oceanic Blues style. And it's it's a very unique um, combination of the influences, you know, she's grown up with. So, yeah, very unique music. What a voice. Yeah. Amazing voice and, like, amazing music as well. Like, I, I can only imagine, because sadly I didn't get to catch her, but I might, I might tonight. Just, you know, standing there, sort of, like, belting out. And, and, and playing that guitar. Guitar's yeah, she, so she knows how to work that guitar. And like <laughs> you said, a very unique, different voice that just fits so perfectly with that like genre of music that she's in. Yeah, amazing. Are you into bluesy, motani stuff, Quizzy? Yes, love it. I mean, when she was talking about the artists that inspired her, Stevie Wonder, Aretha Franklin, um, Marvin Gaye really resonated with that. Mm. Um, beautiful soulful voice from her as well, like really uh, masculine, um, really masculine but feminine. And yeah, I just it's really like think low it's, but soft. Yeah, and yeah. she's so soft spoken as well. Like when you when you talk to her, like very very eloquent, very soft spoken, like almost like a completely different person. But the character comes across no matter what, and that's it's so good. It's yeah, so cool. and Karen was actually. Um, on the 2013 season of The Voice Australia. So some people, you know, might be familiar with her on that. But she used to go, as we said in the interview, by the name Miss Murphy, but she has now changed to using her, using her actual name mm. as an artist as well. Lovely. Definitely keep her on your radar, guys, if you're into blues, if you're into Motown, and uh, also if you're just into her influences, because, like Quasi said, I can resonate with that. When she name-dropped all these guys, I was like, yes. <laughs> so before we were talking about, you know, Woodford moments... Like what has yes. this was off air, but we were talking about what's your most, you know, Woodford moment that you've had here. And I have to mention something about when I was watching um, Karen's performance. Mm-hmm. So about halfway through her performance, this, you know, young girl with Down syndrome just, you know, burst into the dance floor and her mum kind of tried to pull her back a little bit because there was no one else there. And she just clearly, you know, wanted to dance. Uh, she was just up there swaying and... Her mom, you know, tried to kind of get her to come come off the stage, but like she just wanted to be there. So then what happened was that these two older ladies who didn't really know her, they were not part of the group, they went to dance with her in front of the stage so she wouldn't be alone. And then after that, just more people kept coming and more and more. And basically this this girl started the dance floor and it was just going off after that. It filled up completely and people wow. were just dancing and having a great time. That is so cool. That is a very Woodford moment. Yeah. Strength of community. It's yeah. It's amazing. Do you, have a, do you have a Woodford moment, Quasi? You know what? Interesting discussion earlier. I feel like I need a few more days to actually... There's a lot <laughs> happening, and I think I've just been taking in the environment, not being able to categorize what is the most Woodford of the Woodford moments. So give me a few days, and I'll answer that question. No worries. Alex and I came across a, a, a lovely lad on our first night here, riding a unicycle, carrying a harp. And um, I, I think I think Alex is right in saying us that is one of the most Woodford things I've ever seen. Certainly, um, it it really does encapsulate the spirit of there are there are people here with very very interesting interests, and um, just seeing everyone here is is so cool. Seeing, yeah, and I haven't seen someone ride a unicycle for transport ever. <laughs> yeah, I think at this point, like Quasi said, we're taking in the environment. We're all here for the first time, so everything is very new, and it's like getting used to a new normal. It's like coming to a different culture, 
pretty much because Woodford has its own culture. So there is just so much. Like on the first day, we saw one of the um, giant puppets. So it's the seahorse looking one. I think it's uh, called Emu, uh, Emir, something like that. Okay. So it's a giant seahorse unicorn looking thing. And people were just like driving that around. I was like, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> so it's just, you know, all these things that you see around and it's just part of Woodford. And when you're here for the first time, there's just so much to take in and you quickly get used to just seeing strange things around you all the time. We saw some of the puppets of the uh, Woodfordia elders as well. Um, they were parading around the welcome ceremony and they're going to be just all around Woodford, um, if you see them, really, really tall, uh, gaunt-looking puppets and just amazing work. You, meant, I think it was you yesterday mentioned you talked to someone who was puppeteering them. Uh, I think that might have been Monica, who's who's on our team, and I believe she's going to be on air tomorrow, so maybe we can ask her to share a bit more about that. Yeah, let's go, let's go. That's just, again, yeah, so interesting. I've seen seen people in full, like, plate mail, like, night sort of get up. Um, which that really threw me for a loop. That's, that's going on a list of Woodford moments. And, um, yeah, just so much like music, impromptu music. You guys were mentioning about the, the jamming session before. Um, the, there was, there was an African group sort of, you know, jamming a little bit. That's been happening. I saw a guy playing the bagpipes, um, just out in the field somewhere and people gathered around him. And yeah, just, just sort of like the, the spur of the moment things. It doesn't have to be on the list to be super interesting. Just walk around and see what happens. And, um, Again, it's it's testament to how much people are into this, mm. how much people turn up and just want to live. Um, yesterday, there was uh, a, a bit of a chat at the welcome ceremony about people come here just for a week even to, to live a little. And that comes across, I have to say. it's it, People really are living their best life. Yeah, and I think it's, you know, speaking about the performances on the streets and things like that, I think it's just a testament to how comfortable the environment is. Like, it's very open, it's very exciting. So people feel, um, yeah, comfortable to be unique and do whatever they want and just, like, add to the environment mm. um, rather than just always observing, which I think is a really cool thing about Woodford Festival. Like, you can all get involved. Yeah. We'll get back to you in a little bit, but first we've got some music. Uh, we had a little bit of a chat before about the Scottish um, influence at this year's festival. So it's been a, it's been a running theme now that um, there's going to be a lot of Scottish music this year. And this act is no exception. The Elephant Sessions from the Scottish Highlands with Colours. They're also uh, going to be playing soon, I think today and maybe tomorrow as well. I'll get back to you with that when the song ends. But first, the Elephant Sessions with Colours.
was the Elephant Sessions from Scotland with Colours. Um, they're playing today, actually, 6.10 at Luna. Go and check them out because um, that combination is really, really interesting. Nelly and I were talking about it off air. You get a fiddle and you get bass. Like, what more do you want? I love that bass. Just a good bass, you know, in the song just makes it so much better. Exactly, exactly. We had that yesterday as well when we were listening to some of the acts around. It's just the bass line just really it carries it. It's so good. You're listening, by the way, to Wake Up at Woodfordia, and I think now we are thoroughly woken up. I feel awake, at least. Um, it's going to be difficult to get back to sleep, but Wake Up at Woodfordia here at the lovely Woodfolk Folk, Woodford Folk Festival. I am not awake. That's a tongue Scratch twister. That. Yeah. Okay. We'll forgive you. <laughs> With me are Kwesi from the African group and Nelly from the Finnish group. And I am Julian from the German group. And we've got a lovely interview coming up again. Kwesi has been a busy bee because she's got a second interview in the works for us. Yeah. What's that about? Um, so the next interview is from um, the stage manager, Kate, of the Circus Tent. Okay? Circ? Um, tent. Um, so she was very um, enlightening about the circus scene within Australia and Brisbane specifically. And then also, I think there's a lot to learn from this. So prepare, guys. I did not know we had <laughs> a circus university. That was new information. No way. Yes. And she does go into it. So it's really fascinating. I feel like it's a bit of a risk because I spent so much time at the circus. Um, so I could speak so much about it. Um, completely love our form. Um, so, yeah, I think I'll let her take the wheel and then we'll go from there. You've had some amazing pictures about that as well. You were sharing oh. in our little group, someone on like the trapeze. I, I am blown away. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's just incredible talents. Like, I think circus is kind of like a mix of gymnastics, uh, performing arts, like in terms of acting. Yeah, it's so much pizzazz goes well. into it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That choreography. Absolutely. And the work that goes into it, um, as Kate discusses, mm. um, she does go into detail about what it takes to prepare for Woodford and mm -hmm. the circus um, and the tent. Um, so really interesting. And yeah, can't wait for you guys to listen. Let's go check it out. Hello, everyone. Welcome to 4EB. So today I'm joined by Kate, the stage manager of Cluster Arts. Good morning. Good morning. And so, Kate, you are in charge of organizing the circus tents here? Yep. So circus plays a really big part of the Woodford Folk Festival each year. Um, we have uh, over tens of thousands of people that comes to, come to the, see the circus shows during the week um, and it contributes to a massive uh, part of the circus ecology in Australia. Excellent. And so in terms of the circus ecology, I heard earlier that Brisbane is the second largest hub for yeah. circus in the world. Yeah, so Brisbane is the second largest circus city or hub in the world outside of Montreal. So Montreal is the first because of Cirque du Soleil. Um, they have their headquarters there. And Brisbane, surprisingly, is the second biggest. Not a lot of people know that. We're really trying to spread the word of that. So um, that doesn't mean that there's lots of performances in Brisbane or Queensland. It means that the companies are making the work in Brisbane, but they're performing it mostly overseas. So 90% of the touring that happens that the, the, these companies do is overseas, but they're making it here in Brisbane. Wow, and so how did Brisbane become the second largest hub? Yeah, really good question. Woodford, again, you know, plays a massive part of that. Um, as you would have seen in the show, there are a number of performers that um, started circus at Woodford. So, you know, t they're two, three, uh, five years old that do workshops at Circadia. They get the feel and the love of circus. And then um, Brisbane have some really great youth 
training skill uh, schools for circus. So we've got Flipside Circus, uh, Volcana Women's Circus and Circa. And they have hundreds of kids that come to circus classes a week. Um, you know, instead of going to football or AFL or dancing classes, they come to circus classes. And out of that, um, you know, those that are really passionate about it continue on. And after they finish school, they go to Circus University down in uh, Melbourne. So that's the National Institute of Circus Arts. And then they either go off and join a company or they um, start their own independent company as well. So, yeah. And so, speaking closer to Woodford, what goes into preparing for Woodford and organisations? So, do you know how many acts that you have performed in the circus stage? Yeah, so we have uh, seven shows in the Cirque Tent this year. Um, this is our first year with the beautiful Spaghetti Tent, uh, which they normally... it. it houses itself in Mullumbimby on the northern New South Wales border and um, it, it's a lot you know circus it's not something you could just um, wake up and do you know do, do your show there's a lot of training and a lot of technical rehearsals involved in that to make sure the lights aren't getting in uh, you know your eyes for safety and uh, making sure the sound is right so there's a, a lot of preparations in terms of making the stage the staging is right the size um, the rigging plays an important part. So we have some incredible circus riggers that are up all hours of the night. You know, they've been here for weeks getting the rigging right. Um, so what you see on stage, you know, an hour's show takes weeks and weeks of preparation for the team at Woodford to get it ready. And two final questions for you, Kate. So my first is, how do you think um, Australians can support circus like theatre and arts with across Australia more? And then my second last question is how can people get involved in circus more? Yeah, they just need to see the work. I think, you know, coming to a festival like Woodford where, um, you know, it's open access and it's really accessible and that's, that's what's really special about circus is that it is for anyone, you know, and that's audience-wise and also if you want to be a performer, you know, there's no rule about what size you have to be, shape, nationality or anything like that it's really circus is really diverse and open and accessible to everyone it, it really is a community and really special um for for the artists in that community um you know it circadia here at woodford uh runs workshops every day from 10 a.m to 6 p.m every day where you can come along and learn how to hula hoop do a backflip uh, do a handstand, all those kind of things. There in Australia, there are circus schools in every city, um, in remote areas as well. So it it is quite um, easy to just um, learn and um, yeah to access from from amazing trainers in Australia. Perfect. And Kate, just want to say thank you so much for an amazing show that I've just witnessed. Yeah. Incredible talents, and I wish you all the best for the rest of Woodford. Thank you very much. Happy circusing. Thank you so much, Kwesi, for that. I was really, really insightful. And what a great person Kate is. Yeah. So who's going to join the circus? <laughs> I'm tempted. Yeah. I used to do a little bit of circusing when I was younger because our school also had like a circus group. Oh, and really? It, honestly, if you haven't like ever gotten into it, it's really, really cool. It's rewarding. It's fun. And um, it's, it's sport in a way. It's activity. So yeah. do you guys know how to juggle? <laughs> Definitely no. no. Strong no. Oh, you'll learn. You'll learn. Don't worry about it. Um, yeah, so the performance I watched yesterday um, that led me to speak to Kate um, was the... It's 
circus group called Minus the Monkey. Um, so they're very big on not actually having any animal performers in the circus mm. um, or human performers, which I thought was a really interesting statement. Um, and it was mentioned basically here that off, I mean, off the mic, I guess, off mm. the record. Um, so it was mentioned uh, how, uh, yeah, big circusing is in Australia and how little people know about it. So it's weird that we're the second largest hub in Brisbane and then also m- most of the performances is overseas, 90%. Mm. So there's not really um, a huge, huge market playing in Queensland at least and I think that's a bit disappointing, but that's okay. And um, we did speak more about how cuts to the funding of art is also kind of putting um, circus... Um, work in their promotion in jeopardy. However, Woodford plays such a big part in actually recruiting more um, potential circus performers and then just showcasing the art. So really, really interesting discussion and definitely recommend not only for people to watch the circus kind of here at uh, at Woodford, but also closer to home, wherever you may be. Yeah. So go and check out Minus the Monkey. I hope they're playing sometime in Brisbane as well. That'd be yeah, awesome. Yeah, they're a bit of an interesting one because from what I got from Kate, uh, there's a lot of different circus companies, um, but they collaborate with performers. So probably Minus the Monkey will be here in Woodford and then they'll evolve into something else um, right. in Brisbane. So just keep your eye out on the Brisbane, I guess, space in terms of circus, and I'm sure you'll see them all. Yeah. Closer Amazing. to home. Amazing. Another collaborative effort, while we're on the topic of that, uh, Dyson, Stringer, and Chloe. Those are the last names of Mia Dyson, Liz Stringer, and Jen Chloe. They're three lovely singer-songwriters, and um, they all love each other's work, coincidentally, and so they decided to just form uh, a super group of singer-songwriters. And so they are performing uh, today uh, at 5.30 at the Grande, tomorrow as well, and on Monday. So go and check them out, and here they are with Too Seriously. All my decisions for most of my life Been played by the division of the heart and the mind All the fighting, the arguing, the complete unrest Running a race with 20 grams of tobacco in my chest But if the feeling of forgiving is letting go I'm not sure that I know how to feel like that no more All the warnings, the sirens, the beating of the drum Seems I learned some lessons later than some other ones I said, hey, babe, I tell you for free don't wanna take this shit too seriously Cause it comes and it goes Makes you high, takes a low You can't take any of it with you when you go All you hear is some people telling you the way that it is According to some private testament they seem to was it But it's so easy to talk when there's nothing that you're saying And it's easier to risk when there's no skin in the game You just take all is useful, ignore the rest You leave the bitching and the whining to the ones that do it best Just remember
pony Just love what your parents gave And start watching how the ones with better tits are behaving It's a big old world, there's so much to be learning As long as you keep listening, then we're gonna keep turning You're moving, you're moving, don't break your stride Put your feet on the ground and your eye upon the And Stringer and Clover with Too Seriously. That is an amazing, amazing chorus. With me in the studio, Nelly and Quasi. Uh, Quasi's got a bit of an issue with her microphone right now, but I uh, will fix that. No worries. <laughs> I was playing a swap, but uh, <laughs> exposed me, Julian. I exposed, exposed me. You. Yeah. yeah, anything for content. <laughs> Um, we've got a little bit of music coming up, but as you might no- might have noticed, we're also running out of time a bit, so we'll do a bit of a lightning round of music. But next up should be the amazing Archie Roach, and we've got some plans for Archie, haven't we, Quizzy? I plan to speak to him. Um, I don't know how ambitious that is, but I'm focused on a goal. Let's try and reach that goal, and then if I get in touch with him, I'll try and achieve do you see both? I think we're all a bit mini celebrities here. Yeah. Might, might, might I remind you, there is nothing too ambitious for this. If you can, if you can swing it, go for it. There is, uh, there is no limit. We, we've got a little bet going on the two of us. Uh, Lee Sales is going to be here on Monday. Yeah. She's going to have an interview with the uh, the founder of Mushroom Records, uh, who is another guy I really want to talk to because I love what Mushroom Records puts out. And she's going to interview him, and um, we have a little bet going on, Quasi and I, to see uh, who can interview Lee Sales. Yes, I'm looking forward to um, Julian buying me a beer. (laughs) (laughs) And we go from there. (laughs) Wow, okay, okay. Uh, You've heard it here. Uh, It's on. It's a challenge. A beer is on the line, so, you know. But, Archie Roach, back to him. Uh, We've got him coming up with Mighty Clarence River. He will be playing today, is that right? Yeah. He's playing tonight and then there's or in the afternoon. Yes. Yeah, so 3.50 and then he's also got a talk um, tomorrow midday, um, Talking Circles. So I think it will expose kind of two sides of him, more yes. outside of the musician and also um, the, the great speaker, speaker that he is. Yeah, exactly, absolutely. exactly. So here we have him with Mighty Clarence River. Song. 
Amazing Archie Roach with Mighty Clarence River here on 40B. Wake up at Woodfordia. It's been a lovely, lovely morning, and I hope it's the first of many mornings to come here at the Woodford Folk Festival. This fine uh, 2019 Saturday morning. What a, what a great time. What a great time. The weather's shifting a little bit. I can see some clouds in the distance. So uh, hopefully we're not going to get rained in, but... It's been it's been a great first broadcast, hasn't it, guys? Yeah, and also I think a great way to celebrate the end of the year. If we're thinking this is going to take us to the new year, definitely this festival. So, yeah, um, quite excited to see how they finish off the decade. Yes, yes. So there's going to be uh, a bit of celebration up here, is there? Up on the hilltop? Yes, where we are. So we'll have prime location. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Maybe a little bit of recording as well. I was going to see we'll maybe see. maybe you'll see an outside broadcast about that. That'd be awesome. But um, from from what I've gathered, there's going to be sort of a, a welcoming the first sunset of 2020 up here on the hilltop. So uh, if you're here and you're listening, bring a sleeping bag on uh, the night of the 31st. And actually, that's an idea right there. You know, cut down our morning routine. Just sleep here on the hill. Right, right. Bring our sleeping bags. Be ready for our show first thing in the morning. Can't be worse than the tents, can it? Probably not. <laughs> Talking about our tents. Well, you both are volunteering. I'll um, stay at the campsite and see. Uh, you'll, you'll get all the hot water for yourself. Yeah, I will. Yeah, cold showers are not nice. You had a cold shower this morning, eh? I did. Please don't remind me. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Alex and I got all the hot water. Sucks Look at you. you. Pays off to wake up early, clearly. Pays pays off to, to be woken up by the kookaburras. Oh, yeah. You don't need an alarm clock at Woodford. That's another thing. 4.30 sharp. The bloody things are just cawing in your ear. Also, are we appreciating the stars that we can see at night? Yes. Well, I am yes. obsessed. Yeah. I, I love it. Um, I used to grow up here uh, in the country, uh, a little bit south of here, and the stars are just amazing. And then you come to Brisbane and sadly you don't see them anymore because of all the light. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's, it's lovely to have that callback to the country and just seeing all the stars of the southern hemisphere. Mm. Just the city doesn't, doesn't compare. It's so lovely. It is such a, like, beautiful area of the country i love you know sunshine coast and the sunshine coast hinterland and you know even though we are camping the conditions are a little bit muddy i think it's totally worth it even if the kookaburras wake us up <laughs> at you know 4:45. you know it's it's nice to be in nature you know see the stars hear the birds it's just a different different experience and also really amazing way to finish off the year i think I, I do have to say the weather so far has been amazing. It's been just the right amount of like, you know, a little bit of water, a little bit of wind to, mm. to make camping fun because you're not just cooking to death in your tent. Mm. So I have to say that's great. And the rain is um, needed here. So I think um, yes, yes. the organizers of the festivals are quite relieved that there is rain. So that's always good. Yeah. Yes. I've got one last song to finish off because we're sort of nearing the end of our very first broadcast at this fine Woodford Folk Festival. But uh, rest assured, we'll be back tomorrow with way more tunes and way more festival uh, plans and interviews, hopefully. And um, with all the things that you guys have planned and Monica has planned, we'll be hearing much, much more about this lovely festival. But to finish off, I've got Kingfisher, who will be playing today at 10.10 at the Grande. And... Um, a couple of days as well. I think they'll be playing Tuesday and Wednesday, so go and check them out. They're a lovely Australian band with uh, a bit of bass, a bit of dub, so go and check them out. Here they are with Water Running, but this has been Wake Up at Woodfordia here at 4EB. Come listen to us 98.1 uh, Global and on the iHeartRadio app. And tune in tomorrow, 6 a.m., for the next broadcast. I hope you've enjoyed it, and I hope you guys have enjoyed being here with me. 
Definitely. I was, my name was Julian. I'm from the German group. We've got Quasi from the African group and Nelly from the Finnish group. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. I found a path to lead me places with unexpected climbs. It's mean and more meant to be is somehow we do find. A curse inside me straight a little blend then I found my face. It's well I'm close to rendezvous when somehow we would meet. Keep the water running. Compliment our flight. I close one door, another open to where it all began. I'm heading straight towards this moment. From here we can descend. Keep the water running.